Hello, and welcome to the Fuel Run Recover podcast, helping everyday runners fuel better, run smarter, and recover faster so you can reach your full performance potential. I'm your host, Stephanie Natchek, dietitian, fitness coach, and a fellow runner too. As the owner of Stephanie Natchek Performance Nutrition, I've spent the last 10 years helping runners learn to fuel their bodies, level up their running performance, and establish healthier relationships with food and exercise. If you're ready to reconnect with your love of running, then let's get started on today's episode. All right. So before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to invite you to check out a few great free resources that I created just for runners. To get them, all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes or visit www.stephanienachuk.com. If you visit my website, there's a little pop-up box that comes up and it'll prompt you to enter your email address and these guides will be sent right to your inbox. The first guide is my fueling guide for runners. So in this resource, you'll find my top fueling tips for runners, as well as some specific meal ideas for both your pre and post run fuel. If you've been struggling to understand what to eat when to support your running and just figuring out like what those meal ideas, like what those meals look like, what kind of foods you should be including before versus after you run, what the difference is between pre and post run fueling, then this guide is exactly what you need to get you started on the right path. The other guide that I created is my strength training guide for runners. So this guide includes both a PDF resource, has some tips, guidelines, and links to my YouTube series where I actually walk you through all of the exercises in the program. This is a great beginner strength training guide for runners who want an effective but efficient full body workout that helps support the key muscles and movements you need to run stronger and injury free. So once again, both of these guides are available together. I have them put together as a little bundle for you. You can just click on the link in the show notes or go over to www.stephanienatchek.com, enter your email address just the one time, and both of these free guides will get sent to your inbox right away. I hope you enjoy these resources and find them helpful in supporting you and your running. And now let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about, do you really need a meal plan? I thought this was something that would be really interesting to discuss on a podcast episode because meal plans are one of those things that are so popular and, and something that so many people are asking for yet in practice, in real life, certainly in my experience, um, working with people for over 10 years now, seeing clients for over 10 years now, and also probably from your experience as being someone who maybe has purchased a meal plan or wanted to use a meal plan or ask for a meal plan from a nutrition professional that you've worked with. What we see in practice is that they're rarely stuck with, they're rarely sort of all they're cracked up to be. And so I want to sort of break down you know, some of the ins and outs of meal plans, um, purchasing meal plans, meal planning, and really help you navigate what it is that you really need in order to be successful with your healthy eating strategy. Because there is a component of planning and organization that is absolutely required of us if we want to be successful with eating well, uh, fueling our bodies well as runners. But unfortunately, when we sort of go to needing a strict or, or sort of specific structured what we want to achieve with our eating and with our training versus what's really happening in real life. So the first, um, you know, kind of question that I want to address today is 
why are meal plans so popular? You know, why is it kind of the main thing that people are often looking for, asking for? You know, we see all the time that that we just, if we just had a plan, if if someone just tells me what to do, I'll do it. It seems like the obvious answer and, and the obvious missing piece from our success with eating well. It seems like the thing that if someone could just tell us what to do, we will do it. And it, it's just really that simple. If someone is able to hand me the solution to my problem, if someone is just able to hand me a piece of paper that has a meal plan on it, that if I just follow it, I will get the result that I want. I just have to buckle down and, and blindly do what I'm told. There's no way that I won't be successful. And so the draw of a meal plan makes perfect sense, right? It takes the thought process out of it. It takes the decision-making out of it. It makes it easy to just know what you need to eat and when, and if all you have to do is follow this plan, you'll get to where you want to go. And so why is that such a problem? Why is that so difficult to really put it into practice? Now, to be fair, there are always going to be some people who that does work fairly well for it. There's always going to be that, that kind of small number of people, that small um, amount of the population who really do, you know, they get a plan they get a meal plan from somewhere, they're able to kind of stick to it and follow it. And they do get fairly good results because they're able to just, you know, put it into practice and stick with it. But I will say that that is certainly not the majority of people that I interact with, not the majority of people that I encounter. Maybe that is something that we can follow for a period of time, whether it's a few weeks, we're doing some kind of challenge, maybe some kind of online fitness challenge, something like that. There's a meal plan component to it that we can follow for those six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it might be. But ultimately there's going to reach an expiry date for that strategy. There's ultimately going to reach a point where that meal plan is no longer useful or beneficial and it's not serving us in the way that um, we want it to. So we kind of just end up ultimately tossing it out the window, right? Throw, throwing it in a heap and maybe never looking at it again. And it's not because it was bad or wrong or, or didn't work. It just wasn't the key and it wasn't sustainable to have that be our kind of main focus or the main thing that we're leaning on in order to be successful. And so, you know, meal plans are very popular. I mean, there's something that even in the work that I do, you know, meal planning services are part of what I offer because I know that that's really what a lot of people are looking for. But ultimately, if you really want to be successful with eating well, if you want to understand fueling as a runner, if you really want to nail this and nail it in a way that is long-term and gets you results that you can rely on for years and years to come, we have to go deeper than just a meal plan. We have to go deeper than just here's what to eat and when to eat and expect you to just be blindly following this plan that, you know, myself or, or any other, you know, nutrition professional out there might put together for you. Because no matter how wonderful and, and beautiful and perfectly calculated and balanced this meal plan is, if the person on the receiving end of it doesn't follow that meal plan, then it's it's really a bit of a waste. We really um, haven't done anything. We haven't helped that person at all. So when it comes to meal plans, there are a lot of different 
uh, kind of levels of meal plan as I'd like to think of it, maybe even different types of meal plans that we can we can get into. And these different levels of, of meal plans kind of go to show how we can organize the structure and the level of, of maybe specifics we have in a meal plan. And I think that that makes a really big difference when we're integrating having some structure, right? Having some outline and format for kind of what we should eat and when throughout the day. Nothing wrong with having that in your mind. But pairing that up with the flexibility and the variety that people need and sort of crave in order to turn this into a long-term solution. So of course, you've got the meal plan that a lot of people probably think of when they think of getting a meal plan, which is you've got a, a guide, a specific guide with what to eat, how much to eat. So you've got everything outlined, the foods, the portion sizes, maybe even the timing of your meals, and you follow that plan to a T. So everything is there done for you. Maybe there's recipes and it's great if there are, or it's something that is maybe very simple, basic foods, like, you know, something like a scrambled eggs and toast that doesn't probably require a recipe or, you know, for you to have a set of instructions to make that meal. So we've got these meal plans and, and these are the ones that are obviously really popular, um, in a lot of different fitness sort of industries and amongst a lot of people who kind of work in with varying types of athletes is to have this structured plan that people just need to follow. There's, there's no thought, there's no planning, there's no organization or anything that the client needs to do. There's nothing you need to do. All you need to do is just follow this plan. And these are the ones that are very appealing to people, right? Anyone who has thought to themselves or, or certainly said to me, I hear this in conversations with, with clients all the time, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just tell me what to eat and I'll eat it. I just want that kind of solution, you know, that, that professional guidance and that solution. And so again, these types of plans can work totally fine if we follow them, they work great. Um, you know, if they're an appropriate plan, they've got the right amount of fuel and then the right macronutrient balance and everything that you need, then yeah, following a really specific meal plan can be a great option. But we know that they often don't last very long in terms of people following them because we just get bored, right? Of eating the same things all the time, of not having variety. We also lead busy lives. You know, we, we lead lives where most of us don't have the exact same day, every single day of our lives, right? We're not always having breakfast at the exact same time or lunch or dinner. We have social gatherings, right? We have socialized, we have things that stop us from being able to just follow this meal plan, no matter what's on it. And this is the, the biggest challenge with not only having a, a very strict structure of meal plan to follow, but also when we're talking about a lot of diets out there, right? Popular diets that we've, we've seen come and go over the years is when there's no flexibility for a social life and there's no flexibility for weekends, vacations, social gatherings, you know, there, there's no kind of contingency or room for any of that stuff. That's when the plan is followed when we're being super, super good and we can stick to it perfectly, but then as soon as we can't anymore and it goes out the window, we don't have anything else, right? We don't have enough knowledge or understanding of food and nutrition 
to be able to make choices and decisions outside of having that meal plan that we've been given that we have to follow. So where there's value in specifics and it makes it easy to not have to make decisions, then we're always having to choose between following the meal plan or being totally off the meal plan and really having no idea maybe how to eat or, or you know, maybe really falling all the way off the wagon when we're not following the plan. So it can create this very kind of dichotomous on again, off again, in, out, good, bad sort of eating pattern, these sort of two ends of the spectrum that so many runners get stuck in. So many dieters get stuck in where we are trying to be super, super good and healthy and dialed in. But then when we're, we're off the rails, we're all the way off the rails. And this is what keeps a lot of people stuck. And it's not your fault. And it's not really the meal plan's fault either. It's just that human beings are a little bit more uh, complex than being able to just, you know, kind of follow a specific set of instructions for, you know, forever. So the next type of meal plan that we see, it's more of like a macro focused plan where there maybe isn't specific foods and amounts and timing provided, but instead that macro focused plan, or sometimes you could do this with calories as well, would be more of a plan where you're getting that you need a specific number of grams of you know protein, fats, carbs, either per day or per meal, or same thing, we could do calories either per day or per meal. But there's maybe some options given for exact foods. So we can think of it as like, you know, at at breakfast, you might choose between having toast or oatmeal for a carbohydrate um, option. Maybe for your fruit, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an apple or a banana or some kiwis or strawberries, right? As long as you're kind of getting the, the portion sizes fairly accurate to match up with the macronutrient targets, then it's all going to make sense and it's all going to come together. And so the upside to this type of macro-focused or or sometimes calorie-focused type of plan is that there is a little bit more flexibility built in, not only in terms of, you know, being able to make choices day-to-day to to feel like you have a little bit of control over your specific eating choices day-to-day, but then also in terms of what you have available. Because one of the other things that can go wrong with the really specific meal plans is that if you haven't been given instructions in terms of like what are sort of appropriate substitutions, then again, it can make it really easy to just kind of throw the whole thing out the window if you don't have the specific food that the meal plan is asking you to eat. And depending on like where you live, how often you grocery shop, um, you know, what what's available at the store, what the prices are like of certain groceries, it can be very hard to follow a meal plan that is so specific and, and so strict. And in the real world, you know, the reality of the situation is that there isn't that much of a difference between having, say, a banana or an orange or some kiwis or an apple, right? Like fruits and a lot of vegetables and a lot of grains and a lot of proteins. They're all fairly interchangeable if we're looking at the big picture of our nutrition goals So we don't need to stress about, oh, my meal plan said I'm supposed to have an orange with this meal. I had an apple. That's fine. But you need to be making sure that, you know, you're you're getting these questions answered. Or if you're someone who's providing meal plans, making sure that you're making that clear to the people that you're giving them to. So the macro focus plans, again, they allow for a little bit more 
flexibility and they allow for a little bit more variety to be eaten kind of day to day. But of course, the trade-off here is that for you, the runner following that meal plan, there's a little bit more work involved. It's a little bit more labor intensive to not have to just sort of blindly follow a meal plan and just eat what it says to eat and when, but to have a little bit more knowledge and understanding around food and its nutrition value and content so that then you're able to make these swaps and make these decisions and kind of stay within what your recommendations are. So there's definitely some pros and cons here to having like a macro or or sort of a calorie focused plan that we're following and and some structure and and sort of some guidelines around that. And then our, our third option that we have for a meal plan would be something like a very general outline, which is, you know, our athletes plates. Now the athletes plates are a tool that I love to use with my clients. I think they're fantastic because they don't require the same labor uh, time and energy investment into eating and, and fueling ourselves the way that following other plans do. So if we're following a very specific structured plan, like I, I spoke about first, that's where there's a lot of energy and, and labor of just simply having to follow it. That can be really challenging. With our sort of macro or calorie focused plans, you know, we're going to need some kind of tracking. Like we're going to have to know meeting our targets if we're on the right track. And so we're likely going to have to use some kind of app or some kind of tool to be measuring or or kind of, you know, keeping an eye on um, what we're eating to see if we're hitting these targets. With the athlete's plates, we don't have to do that. It's a very simple visual tool where we're just looking at the portion sizes, the proportions of different foods on our plate to get the balance that we're looking to achieve. And so the athlete's plates are something that I use um, with, you know, most of my clients in my group program, the Fuel Train Recover Club. We also use the athlete's plates that I teach about the athlete's plates, because this is ultimately where I want most people to wind up Maybe we're starting with a little bit more structure. Maybe we're starting with something like tracking and and doing a deeper dive on the numbers, but we know how much work that is. If if you've done that, if you've tracked your calories, if you've, um, you know, had an experience with any of those types of programs, you know that it takes a lot of work, you know, even if 20, 30 minutes a day, at least to type everything into these programs. And that's something that most of us just aren't able to keep up with long-term We can spend that 20 or 30 minutes, a lot of other ways that is, you know, a much better use of our time. So the athlete's plates, the the beauty of these is that then we're just able to transition into having a a nice, simple visual tool that we can just keep in in sort of our back pocket, keep top of mind for when we're eating to get the right mix and, and sort of right balance of different types of foods, again, with endless variety and flexibility so that we're not getting bored of needing to follow the exact same plan without needing to kind of follow, um, you know, the exact same foods day in and day out. So that's ultimately, you know, where it's still kind of a plan, right? It's still, you know, to some people may count as a a meal plan, but it's sort of the most uh, relaxed way of going about meal planning so that we're really just focusing on getting the right mix and the right balance of foods. And we're not getting, you know, too into the weeds or too detail oriented with it needing to be, you know, broccoli versus asparagus or, you know, whether we're eating spinach or 
uh, romaine lettuce or if we're eating uh, cucumbers versus carrots, you know, those little things don't matter at the end of the day. And in fact, variety is actually better for us. So it's good for us to be having more different foods throughout the week rather than being so focused on just kind of the same small number of meals or the same couple of things over and over again. So next I want to talk about why meal plans are really the solution that we want them to be. So why are meal plans something that so many people want and are looking for and feel that they need in order to be successful and reach their nutrition goals? Yet in in reality, why do they rarely turn out to be that kind of be all end all solution? Why is it usually not that simple or that easy? And the reason is that we are not robots, right? People are not robots. And what we understand now that I, I don't think we did a few decades ago is that knowledge doesn't actually equal behavior change. And if you if you think about it, you understand what I'm saying. At first, it's like, oh no, if I just you know, if someone tells me what to do, I'll do it. But when you dig a little bit deeper, it's like, no, I know that fruits and vegetables are, you know, nutritious. And I know that I should be eating balanced meals and not skipping breakfast. And I know that broccoli is probably a better choice for dinner than a bag of chips. These types of things, this is not new information to anybody. This is not something that uh, people are, are shocked by hearing me say. But despite all of our knowledge, we know that it's harder to make that leap into actually changing our eating behaviors. And we live in in a complicated world. Humans are complicated beings, right? We have our our food environment to contend with, right? We have this abundance of delicious, tasty, uh, quick, easy food at our fingertips. Um, We also have competing interests, busy lives, and we always need to be balancing our desire to eat well with the reality of the time we have to cook, with the reality of, you know, our ability to spend those minutes in the kitchen versus doing other things. And of course, you know, we're always having to contend with the ease and taste and convenience of some of the other foods that are out there. And this is why I'm so passionate and and why something that I teach to all of my clients who work with me is to really have, you know, that dialed in fueling strategy where you're starting your day off on the right foot. You're starting your day off like with a nutritious breakfast. You're starting off your day getting in enough protein and fuel, especially if you're training in the morning. I'm so passionate about that because we know that as the day goes on, it's harder and harder to make healthy choices. If you've ever heard the term decision fatigue, this is this is what I'm talking about. And decision fatigue is basically when we get to the end of the day, we're tired. Our brain is tired. We've been on, we've been making decisions, we've been tending to other people's needs, right? I mean, especially, um, you know, in certain jobs or if you're a parent or, um, you know, whatever your day looks like, you're giving, giving, giving so much of yourself throughout the day to other people. And then you get to the end of the day and to have to start making decisions about food, what to eat, starting to need to dig into that motivation to have a a nutritious, balanced dinner, um, be mindful of portions and and all of that versus just 
totally fall, you know, just crashing on the couch and, and wanting to just snack, it gets harder to make those decisions as the day goes on. And so we want to set ourselves up for success by having that plan of how we're going to adequately fuel ourselves during the day so that then we are less likely to be ravenously hungry in the evenings. We're less likely to feel like we just cannot get enough food when we get home from work, you know, throughout the rest of the evening. And then we're less likely to feel like we've, we've overdone it um, with the snacks or, or with the portion sizes in the evening. Because if we're eating a lot of our calories later in the day, we're probably not going to be hungry when we wake up. We're probably not going to be hungry earlier in the morning, which can lead us in this sort of perpetual cycle of not fueling properly around our workouts. And I, I personally see this in my practice uh, more with morning exercisers versus evening exercisers. But you know, morning workouts are a really, really popular time to train. So I think this will resonate with a lot of a lot of you out there that we start our day with very little fuel. We start our day not having a strategy or, or kind of any intention around our breakfast. And because we're eating a lot later in the day, we tend to not wake up very hungry. Maybe there's even some subconscious uh, restriction happening with that because we feel like, oh, I ate so much yesterday that I, you know, I can get away with skipping breakfast. I don't need breakfast or anything like that. And then by the time we get to the end of the day, we've undereaten all day. Some are going to overeat all evening. And again, so goes the cycle. Doesn't feel good mentally or physically. And what I also find is that for a lot of people, at no point in time throughout that process, are we happy and satisfied? You know, maybe in the morning, we're not hungry in the morning, but we get to the afternoon and that hunger starts to creep on that low energy feeling starts to creep on. Like we're just not feeling great. And we get to the evening, we're starving. We get home and it's okay. Dinner's going to be like, whatever is quick, whatever's um, convenient, you know, whatever is kind of at our fingers. Cause I'm hungry right now. You know, we get that hangry feeling. And then, you know, it's just a matter of not feeling like we can get satisfied throughout the rest of the night. We're making up for those calories that we missed earlier in the day. Whereas if we just sort of balance things out a little bit, spaced out our meals a little bit better, now all of a sudden it's much easier to fuel ourselves adequately. We get better quality training, of course, but then we also are going to feel like we have more energy throughout the rest of the day. It's easier to make healthier choices um, about dinner and, and snacks in the evening and, and everything like that. So having a meal plan or having some structure or sort of an outline to follow, I think is really valuable for just looking at the overall timing and frequency of our meals. And of course, you know, getting into a little bit of the details around like what we might put on our plates and the proportions around that. But if it's too strict, if it's too structured, we immediately push back against it because we're not robots, right? It's very hard for us to just blindly follow a plan and, you know, just never give it any thought, right? We crave variety. We crave flexibility. We get bored really fast. And so we, you know, don't stick with things when we get tired of them especially because we have lots of really tasty other options at our fingertips, right? There's no shortage of places that we can get food um, delivered or otherwise or whatever, that it's easy to throw that meal plan out the window when we're no longer interested in it because we're just plain bored of it. So there are people out there, and I, I do meet people who will tell me that they don't care about variety or flexibility. They're someone who 
oh, they'll say, oh yeah, I can eat the same thing every day. Like I don't mind. Uh, I'm a, you know, creature of habit and, and I don't mind if, as long as it's, you know, healthy and balanced, just tell me what to eat and I'll eat it. And I don't mind if it's very repetitive. And that's true for some people, you know, some people really do prefer to have, you know, especially with maybe breakfasts and lunches and stuff like that, prefer to not have to give it a lot of thought every single day. That makes a lot of sense. You know, there's nothing wrong with that approach and nothing wrong with that if that works for you. But I find for a lot of people at the very least for dinners, um, we do enjoy having some different options and, and maybe having a rotation of some different dinner meals. So what's missing from so many meal plans is that variety and that, that flexibility and also the education and the knowledge about food and nutrition, understanding what your needs are as a runner when it comes to, you know, maybe it is like a total calorie goal or kind of an energy target. Maybe it's just kind of knowing in, in more general terms what to eat and when and how different foods support your training and recovery. Doesn't always need to be about getting down to the numbers of things. Sometimes it can really just be understanding what foods are best for fueling your workouts, what foods are best for recovery from your workouts, what foods are going to provide you with the micronutrients, that's the vitamins and minerals that you need in order to, of course, fuel and, and recover and be a healthy person, build muscle, etc. So it's it's that education and that knowledge about food that helps us make better decisions and, and helps us make those decisions about what to eat and when that can be so sustainable. If it's just about having a meal plan to follow, but there's no education, there's no knowledge, there's no understanding that comes along with it, then it we don't have a lot of incentive or motivation to continue to follow it. But also when it comes time to need to make a swap, if something doesn't work for us, or if we've run out of sweet potatoes, you know, what can we have instead that, that fills that gap? And it's such an important thing for people to understand so that we can eat in a way that still fuels us properly without needing to spend maybe so much time um, stressing or worrying about it or making a bunch of extra trips to the grocery store because we have to pick up all this, all these special things and, and all of this stuff. So in order to be successful with a meal plan, we really need to learn enough about nutrition that we can understand these swaps and these substitutions. We also need to know how to organize our time for the things like the grocery shopping and the actual meal preparation. And that's another part about meal planning, especially if you're kind of newer to cooking as a whole, if you haven't historically spent a lot of time cooking. This is also a huge piece of this, is that if we get a meal plan that maybe has a lot of recipes to follow, we've got a lot of cooking that we have to do, we need to know how to set up our time and organize ourselves to have the groceries available, to make sure we've got the time to make the food, right? Fitting that in with our busy lives. Because if we haven't done that, it can be get really overwhelming really, really quickly. So we need to be mindful of, you know, how much work are we putting on our plates? How often do we want to cook? Understanding how much time we have to cook. These are all really uh, critical components. We also need to understand at the end of the day that a meal plan should not exist to override our own internal appetite signals, right? That meal plan needs to keep us satisfied. That meal plan needs to keep us full throughout the day. 
And that meal plan needs to meet our total fueling goals. So if you are listening to this and you're thinking, yes, yeah, Steph, that was great. I appreciate the information, but I still really want a meal plan. I understand. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Because, you know, sometimes we do just want to be given some ideas. We want to just be given kind of that structure. Understanding though, that we need to have a transition point. There needs to be something else beyond just the meal plan that we're getting out of either working with someone or, you know, whatever resource we're using. And so we need to understand that this meal plan is not the be all end all. And while it's great for kind of giving us a better idea of what our bodies might need, no meal plan, no matter how well calculated it is, no matter, you know, what kind of magic dietitian dust was sprinkled all over this meal plan before it was given to you, no matter what went into making that meal plan, no one actually knows exactly how much you need to eat per day. No one actually knows how many calories you burn per day, right? These are all estimates, right? They're math or calculations that we do in order to give this our best guess. But we don't want to be following a plan and we're starving for half the day and we're like, no, I, you know, I'm following the plan. I just need to, you know, willpower my way through this. Or I am so full following this meal plan that I feel so uncomfortable and sick all the time because I'm, I'm trying to eat so much more than my body is asking for. These are signs that we need to maybe revisit this meal plan and, and take a closer look at things. And again, this is where it's so important to be working with someone who can answer these questions, help coach you through this stuff, you know, so you're not kind of left on your own with this meal plan that you can't use or a meal plan that isn't going well, but you don't have anywhere to go to get advice or, or get help. So when it comes to being successful with a plan, being successful with however we want to approach our fueling strategy, it's really about understanding food and nutrition, understanding what you need and when you need to eat based on your training demands, your training schedule, and then filling in the gaps with maybe some new ideas, some, some recipes, some suggestions of, of kind of how you can make those numbers work or how you can make those goals and that, that, that outline work for you in real life, that's where it all comes together to have a plan or a strategy that is actually going to get you the results in the long run. So one of the reasons that I, I wanted to talk about meal planning today um, was because I was on my social media and this video popped up of this person who had used chat GPT to make them a meal plan. And they were so excited about this, this meal plan they had gotten kind of auto-generated by AI. And there was a ton of comments on this post from people who were, you know, maybe a little bit upset that they had been paying for meal plans. Um, and now we're like, I'm, I'm just going to use chat GPT for my meal plans. Uh, I'm never going to pay for a meal plan ever again. And, you know, because we know that meal plans are, are very, very popular it makes sense that there are a lot of people out there that are selling meal plans, paying for meal plans. It's something that is really, you know, kind of hot, hot commodity. And we see a lot of that in, in the social media space. And of course, online with uh, what people are looking for as the solution to better eating and, and whatever their goals might be. And so I decided I wanted to to the test for myself to see if chat GPT could also make me a meal plan. And if so, you know, does this kind of open the doors 
to having more uh, ease of access to, to perhaps very high quality meal plans, right? Something that we can put in our recommendations, we can put in our requirements, and we can get, you know, this really quick, easy, auto-generated meal plan option. Now, before I go on with talking about how it went, you know, there are tools out there that exist. Um, You know, there are tools that I use in my business, platforms that already offer this service. So we do already have the technology to auto-generate a meal plan, but I was interested to see what would happen on a free platform like ChatGPT that is, you know, pulling from way more data than maybe what we have, you know, kind of in these meal planning platforms and and with these meal planning services that, that I offer, for example. So I went ahead and I asked ChatGPT if it could make me a meal plan. And it did. You know, it, it gave me some suggestions. It gave me some ideas, but it wasn't able to provide me with anything more specific, you know, in terms of um, quantities of food. I, I had to go back in and kind of reprompt it to get some quantities of food to ask it for like calorie recommendations, breakdown of information like that. Um, it was able to give me those numbers, but again, very sort of general general numbers and recommendations, there was no recipes involved either. So it wasn't able to um, give me recipes, but I know you can use it for a recipe generating tool if you use maybe a different prompt. But what I thought was so interesting was that when I tried to reverse that, to ask ChatGPT if it could make me a meal plan that fits specific parameters, fit specific calorie and macronutrient recommendations, it told me no. It said that it couldn't do it. And what I thought was so funny is that uh, ChatGPT told me to go and see a dietitian for a personalized uh, nutrition plan. So if that is, you know, the indication that you needed to start working with someone on a personalized nutrition plan for you, then that's, you know, that's a great plug for dietitians that even ChatGPT thinks that dietitians are the go-to nutrition expert and that you should definitely see one and work with one. So that's, that's all I wanted to share in today's episode about meal planning and some ins and outs around that. To help you understand that if what you've been searching for, if what you've been looking for is a a meal plan as sort of this like simple solution and you've been feeling frustrated or stuck that you've gotten meal plans in the past but haven't stuck with them or gotten meal plans in the past that haven't worked for you for whatever reason, what I really hope that you get from today's episode is that it is not your fault. (laughs) There's way more to it than just being given a set of instructions for what to eat and when. And that if you're not getting into the deeper dive, that deeper work around understanding food, understanding nutrition, understanding what you need to fuel your body, then you're going to stay stuck. And it's really difficult to move forward if you're not getting that deeper discovery and that deeper understanding of fueling yourself as a runner and what you need in order to be successful. If you want to learn more, if you are interested in getting more resources, more tools, more information, a couple of great things that I can share with you. The first is my fueling guide for runners. So what I have in my fueling guide for runners is some tips, some suggestions, some recommendations around what to eat and when, when it comes to your training. So your pre-workout meal, what should go into that pre-workout meal? What can that look like? Giving you some suggestions. I do have some recipes in there. 
What can your intra-workout nutrition look like? When do you need uh, nutrition in during your workouts? And then for after as well, what does your post-workout meal um, need to consist of? What should it look like? And I've got some suggestions there as well, along with some tips, you know, for things like handling GI issues and, and some of the other stuff that can come up. So that fueling guide for runners is available for free. It's a free download that you can get. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes. You can grab a copy of that right away and you can start using it to look at your fueling around your workouts, really start to level up the quality of your training just by adjusting and tweaking your fueling strategy. So that's the first resource I have for you. It's a great tool and it will really help you start to unlock the power of performance nutrition that so many runners need, that so many runners are lacking. If you need even more, if you're looking for even more help uh, beyond, you know, um, the pre and post workout and, and some of those suggestions and uh, what you find in that document, then I would also love to have you join the Fuel Train Recover Club. So enrollment is currently open for the Fuel Train Recover Club. You can find more details about this program on my website. Again, that's going to be linked in the show notes. This program is really all about reconnecting you with your love of running looking at your nutrition strategy, looking at how you train, helping you work smarter, not harder when it comes to your strategy, helping you recover faster so you can get better results from your training, reduce your risk of injuries, and really help all of these components of being a runner come together in a way that gets you the results that you're looking for. So if you've been struggling with finding the right balance of eating and training, if you've been struggling with working really hard but not seeing any results from your strategy, then the Fuel Train Recover Club is exactly what you need to get you back on the right track. You get a full year of access to the Fuel Train Recover program. When you join, there is a monthly payment plan option, which is great and flexible. And as I said, you can get all the details and more information about that at the link in the show notes. If you have questions about the program, if you have anything that you want to chat about, I am happy to answer questions. Um, if you have anything that comes up as you're going through the information, something that I haven't answered in the FAQs, then you can always just connect with me and my team or just an email away and we would love to chat with you. That's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've been loving the show, uh, please give us a follow. You can share your favorite episodes with your running friends. And of course, give us a five-star rating so that we can reach even more runners uh, with our messages and with all of this great nutrition and training information. So that is all for today. And I can't wait to tell The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used or relied upon for the diagnosis or treatment of any health condition. This information does not create a client-practitioner relationship and should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice.